0: I'm Chris Reback. This is Political Wire Conversations. Before we begin today, I want to share just a couple of words with you about our terrific sponsor, Slingbox. Slingbox is the best way to watch your TV anywhere, whether you're at home or halfway around the world, right on your laptop, tablet, or smartphone. Here's how it works. Slingbox brings your cable set-top box, satellite receiver, or DVR, frankly, your whole at-home TV experience Right to your favorite mobile device, wherever you are in the world, and with no monthly fees. Now, Slingbox delivers your TV anywhere, but don't be confused. Other products only stream to your local Wi-Fi network or provide a small subset of channels. Some streaming sport apps black out specific games, teams, or even entire sports. Most of them are geo-blocked or don't work internationally. Only Slingbox delivers your live TV channels and your recorded shows right to your smartphone, tablet, or laptop, whether you're in the backyard, at your buddy's house, or on the road. Now, Slingbox has a special offer for Political Wire listeners. Go to slingbox.com slash wire and get $50 off plus free shipping on a new Slingbox. That's slingbox.com slash wire to get $50 off plus free shipping on a new Slingbox. And now to our conversation. As the battle for U.S. Senate control continues to dominate midterms 2014, perhaps the most influential and controversial senator in the process is not even running. It's hardly an exaggeration that Majority Leader Harry Reid is the key Senate player in the races, spoken or unspoken. Whether it's a Republican candidate running against his name or a Democrat benefiting from Reid's Senate Majority PAC, he seems to be everywhere. So how much power does Harry Reid have? He's not known as a great campaigner, and after barely holding on to his seat in 2010, how much confidence can he have going forward? And what about that race for Nevada governor, which might be less about the governor's mansion and more about setting up Reid's next major challenge? After all, Reid's re-election campaigns have been no sure bet. The closest thing to a sure bet in Nevada is a political report from John Ralston, creator of the eponymously named Ralston Reports, which is both his nightly television political show that runs on all three of the state's NBC affiliates, as well as the name of his website. He also publishes a premium newsletter called Ralston Flash. John has covered politics in the Silver State for more than 25 years. Politico named him one of the top 50 politicos. John, thanks for joining me. You know, I I was thinking about it, I mentioned to you just briefly before we started recording, I mean, a nightly television show every night, 6.30 p.m. on politics, that's quite an institution you've got.
1: Well, I'm very proud of it. Uh, We've been doing it for quite some time uh, now, and uh, I guess the secret to my success is lots of coffee. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, a great deal of coffee, which is probably the most innocuous beverage that gets served in Nevada, isn't it?
1: Oh, I
0: can't comment on that. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> is it, I mean, is it, are political, are, are politics just so, do they run so deep in Nevada? I mean, how, how does the interest keep up? Um, or, or is it just a bunch of interesting characters? Is there just always something going on? Well, what's the interest in, in Nevada that runs so deep?
1: Uh, it really is a fascinating place to cover politics. I, I've been doing it here since 1986, and uh, I just immediately fell in love with it. I, I didn't think I'd be in Nevada as long as I've been in Nevada. But uh, it, it's it, it, there's a certain sameness to a lot of jobs, uh, and I feel badly for those people because I wake up every day not knowing what's going to happen in this uh, crazy state in w- which I live. And even in an off year like this, uh, uh, w- w- where the, there isn't really a top-of-the-ticket race that, that, that to engage people's interests, the U.S west senate or presidential race and even the governor's race is a walkover there's still some stuff going on it's just uh, it, it excites me still after all these years
0: and that's not a comment at all on on your own personal sanity of course
1: uh, I, I I think the people will have to judge that for themselves, but I but I would but I would acknowledge that my personal sanity was left behind a long time ago. <laughs>
0: okay. Well I, I have no one else making such comments so I can do nothing except disbelieve you uh and and move things to another Nevada citizen who many feel might not be so sane. They would be on the Republican side and and many others feel is perfectly sane and they would be on the Democratic side. And that's Harry Reid. Um, He's done pretty well for being uh, a not-so-great candidate and campaigner, hasn't he?
1: Uh, he really has. Uh, he, he's a terrible candidate, and, and, and you can tell he just doesn't like that process at all. He doesn't like appearing on, on uh, in front of the media that much, and he's not very good at it. And I think his staff cringes every time he goes before uh, uh, the cameras or even just reporters. Uh, I always envision them hunched over their, their uh, uh, smartphones or Blackberries, ready to send out uh, something to one of their colleagues, and you're not going to believe what we have to explain now. Uh, but Harry Reid also is uh, – people love to use the cliché of him being a boxer uh, in, in, in his early days and that you can never knock him out, that he keeps getting up. But uh, it actually is true. He he is relentless. He is ruthless. He is as Machiavellian as any person I've, I've met in politics in uh, more than a quarter century of covering it. Uh, he he will survive, and he wills himself uh, to sur- to survive whatever his natural and obvious liabilities are.
0: How is he as a senator? Let, let's separate for a second as, as Senate Majority Leader, um, and I want to get into that, and I want to get into to you know his use of power. Um, but but what about as a senator? How is he? And and how no, is he I, viewed? I, and how and, and how is he viewed in Nevada? I should say.
1: Well, I, I, he's a very polarizing figure. Uh, in, in Nevada, and it's gotten more and more so as he has moved from a, a guy who ran for the first time for the U.S. Senate in 1986 under the slogan independent like Nevada to a, to a very ambitious senator who climbed up through the leadership to, to, to the apex in which he's become more partisan, in which some people here feel that he's, he's left Nevada behind for, for D.C., uh, and, and he has created his own controversies on certain issues. Uh, but there is no doubt, and even you will hear Republicans say this, including the current governor of the state, who said it recently, that it, it is an obvious advantage for a small state such as Nevada to have the Senate majority leader be from your state. He is able to do things that, 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 that a regular senator, so to speak, could not do, whether it's Putting the brakes on, on on a nuclear waste dump planned uh, for the state, or bringing home the bacon, which he is and he has brought home a lot of that, even though he hates it when it's called pork, he likes he likes to call them meritorious projects for Nevada. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's no question that he has been effective to a great extent for the state in certain ways. Although there are partisans who would who would say that he has uh, left national interests behind for parochial interests. Uh, that that, that he has not taken a broad view, that that he's become purely just an attack dog on the Senate floor. And we've seen that more and more this year, as every other word seems to be, Coke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And not not the the type that that adds life, but the type that adds money to uh, PACs like uh, Americans for Prosperity. Uh, um, How do you think he's viewing the battle for U.S. Senate? I, I mean, that's really what's at play here. Um, and and how concerned do you think he is?
1: Uh, I, I think Harry Reid is, is, is concerned about it. He 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 knows what the environment is. He he actually knows uh, what the polls say. He he will he will tell people, and he has been asked uh, that. Oh, I think we're fine right now. Uh, everything's fine. But he knows uh, uh, that that his uh, majority leader's perch is in jeopardy. But what he also knows is that he's uh, he has a very very good team some of whom have worked in Nevada and, and, and have worked for him, uh, and that they will pull out all the stops to, to make sure that the Senate remains in Democratic hands. And I think he, he just has – he places confidence in his team, and so he thinks that he will return as, as the majority leader, but he is, he, he's no dummy. He has to be worried about it.
0: Why do Republicans dislike him so much? I mean, is it just that he's the majority leader? I mean, that can't be enough. It has to get to, to something about him or his approach or his background. What, what is it? What, what, what have you seen? And do you see it more nationally outside of Nevada or are or, or sentiments against him from the Republican side the same inside Nevada as outside?
1: I think really, it's somewhat nuanced, but I think if you have to distill it, it's that Harry Reid is bereft of something that most politicians... Uh, have and, and and that is something known as a self-editing mechanism. Uh, he will he will say almost anything at any time. Doesn't worry about who he's going to offend. Doesn't worry about what his image is, what his popularity is. And so he will say some fairly outrageous things, whether it's on the Senate floor or during a campaign or during a press conference uh, back home. That will really just cut to the heart uh, of, of 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 certain things that that uh, Republicans really care about. He says things that his caucus dreams of saying or will only say in the cloakroom. Uh, and, and so that they, they love him for that. That's why he is uh, the majority leader. And if he stays long enough, he'll be the longest serving majority leader in history. But you also add on the overlay now of, of, of an extraordinary criticism of the way that he has run the U.S. Senate. and and, and that he has essentially been called a tyrant and worse by Mitch McConnell uh, and his friends, and that he has taken this hallowed institution uh, and turned it into a mockery, I think that only adds to it. Uh, And and so you you, you take a look at at Harry Reid, the fact that he has said all kinds of controversial things, the fact that, that he just doesn't seem to care about any of the criticism, and I think that just uh, ratchets up uh, the, the intensity uh, of the anger and, and, let's face it, at times hatred of him by the other side.
0: Is that part of what you meant when you wrote uh, recently in Politico that uh, the majority leader is a melange of contradictions?
1: He really is, and and uh, he 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 is he's been a fascinating guy to cover since I you know I started covering politics when he was running for the Senate. The first time, and he 'd been in Congress for a couple of terms, and he uh, was back it was in
0: nineteen eighty six yes
1: eighty six correct he was running for an open seat. And and he he was not a good candidate. I was you know there I there was a young cub reporter. I'm thinking this is what a U.S. senator uh, looks like. And he he was just terrible on the stump. Had no real uh, interest in in dealing with the media. Uh, just hoped that, uh, that 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 his uh, uh, campaign commercials, which were utterly brutal uh, against his opponent, and, and uh, w- w- would carry the day uh but he was a guy also who who was obviously very very smart up to speed on all the issues uh and, and now he's a guy who uh essentially can talk about any issue with great facility but also will talk in senate speak uh, at times using you know obscure phrases to most Americans like filling the tree and, 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 and just essentially he's become a creature of the institution. And so he, he is a, a guy who has, you know, as I described him as charismatically challenged, but has risen uh, to the apex of American politics uh, as the second or third most powerful Democrat uh, in the country. But, but who is a guy, if you saw him on TV, you would be surprised uh, that he has reached that
0: level. John, I want to ask you about all of those aspects of him. I, I want to ask you about – I guess at one point he, he cut you off. He stopped talking to you for about two years. I want to ask you about um, his pack work. I want to ask you about um, his approach to and use of power. Um, but before I do, I, I just want to tell our listeners about our terrific partner and sponsor, Cook Political Report. Will Republicans retake the Senate in 2014? What will happen in the House – What's the latest in 2016 presidential politics? People who want to stay ahead of the curve in politics turn to our good friends at the Cook Political Report for answers. For more than 30 years, Charlie Cook and his team have nailed the nation's most important election outcomes and political trends. CBS News's Bob Schieffer calls the report, quote, the Bible of American politics. Nate Silver says few have, quote, a longer track record of success. If you make it your business to know politics you need to subscribe to the Cook Political Report. Head over to cookpolitical.com slash politicalwire. That's cookpolitical.com slash politicalwire to sign up today. And now to our conversation. John, you've seen uh, Reed's anger, or maybe it's not even outward anger, but but use of um, tactics and, and, and power, I guess, firsthand. At one point, he cut you off for about two years, didn't he? He didn't talk to you.
1: Uh, he did, and, and, and to be honest with you, I'm actually in uh, sort of my second uh, quiet period with Harry Reid right now. He he has refused to come on my program uh, for more than three years now. Uh, mm-hmm. He will perfunctorily say hello to me if he sees me, but not much more. Maybe this
0: conversation will help.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got that. Um, uh, and, and I'll tell you why I doubt it. Because both times that, that he has cut me off has had nothing to do, uh, essentially, with my coverage of what he does as a senator, but is much more personally based. The first time was when I discovered that he was taking all kinds of honoraria from from uh, special interest groups, and and uh, I, I was going to write a column about it. This would have been back in the early nineteen nineties, I believe. And he called me and, and urged me not to write the column, saying that he needed the money for for, for his wife's medical condition, uh, which which essentially was utter nonsense, because he was already a millionaire and could have sold a piece of land. Uh, so I wrote the column anyway, and he didn't speak to me for a couple of years. And this is the classic Harry Reid story. After he'd cut me off for a couple of years, he had his secretary call me and said, the senator would like to see you. And, and I went in to see him. And he said, uh, John, I've decided to talk to you again. And I looked at him And said, Senator, you may have noticed that for the past two years I continue to write about you. So who do you think lost in this deal? Harry Reid completely ignored what I said and went on to whatever message he wanted to deliver uh, that day. Uh, The current uh, uh, cutoff is is not because of anything that I've done. Uh, he think, he's he's told people to him uh, in my company because I've written about how he's tried to help his family in a variety of ways. And so like most politicians, uh, uh, he, he sees that as a personal attack, even though the stories were about him calling a local city council to try to get his son appointed city attorney or uh, funneling uh, $30,000 plus in campaign funds to his granddaughter to buy jewelry, which was a more recent story. He say he says that's attacking his family, and so he won't talk to me.
0: Me. You know, I'm always fascinated by how folks use and don't use power. I mean, I'm sure you've read the LBJ books by uh, Robert Caro, uh, probably the greatest, uh, you know, writings about uses of power in American politics, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, and you read about how LBJ used power as a majority leader. How does Harry Reid approach power? Is he, is he comfortable with it? Does he crave it? Um, is he subtle? I mean I guess did he, did he openly – for example with you, I mean I don't know. that he's, Does he openly tell you when he's using power? Is he subtle? Does he use it like a club? H- how would you characterize um, Reid's use of power?
1: Well I think while while Reed would would love any comparison uh to, to to LBJ and his uses of power, uh LBJ was much more overt about it and and, 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 and or obvious about it in many ways than, than Reed is. Reed is very subtle and he uh has always tried to play down my descriptions of him as a, a, a ruthless or Machiavellian uh, a wielder Of power, but one thing that people don't realize about Harry Reid, because of how he comes across on TV, is how good he is uh, one on one with other senators. And I, I don't just mean Democrats, but he's reached out across the aisle in certain cases to do that. He he does know how to. Uh, Gain people's confidence. He is willing to do the kinds of things uh, behind the scenes that others might not be willing to. And so the question is, you know, when he uses that power, he uses it absolutely brutally in Nevada to, to 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 get candidates out of races, to force them out of races, to get his candidates in into races. Uh, and that was quite on display uh, in, in his 2010 re-election bid, in which everyone uh, thought that he, he, he could not win because his uh, unfavorables were at 50 percent plus. But he, he actually uh, decided to pursue a strategy of picking his opponent. Uh, which ended up working and- Sharon angle won that race, and she and then for the next four weeks he his campaign destroyed her, and that race was over by September, even though a lot of people did not know it so he 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 is not overt about how he does it, but he puts very smart people around him who are willing to act as his his, his, his an extension of his ruthlessness and, and then he takes care of business
0: was that Evident in his background? Was that evident as he kind of came up back in 86? And he had been in Nevada politics before that. Has that grown as he and and developed or evolved as he has, you know, gathered more power? How how would you just describe him around that?
1: Well, Harry Reid is an amazingly resilient figure in, in, in many ways, whatever you think about him as a politician or personally, whatever point of view you're coming at. He grew up in terrible circumstances, a little Nevada mining town uh, with his father committing suicide, and and he, he, he essentially was a self-made man. Uh, and he uh, got involved in Nevada politics in his 20s, uh, was the youngest uh, lieutenant governor elected in the history of state in, of the state at the age of 29, and is so, has always been preternaturally ambitious, and he ran for the U.S. Senate in 1974 and lost by 600 votes, uh, uh, and then decided to make a comeback the next year and ran for mayor of Las Vegas, absolutely got crushed in a landslide, and people thought his career was over. Now, let's, let's be clear here, we're talking about all, 40 years ago he was done it was over but he essentially you know, fought hard was helped by uh, the, the governor of the state at the time got appointed to the uh, Nevada Gaming Commission which oversees gaming in this state took on the mob essentially there and there's a very famous video of him taking on a very prominent mobster by the name of Lefty Rosenthal uh, and that, and he used that as a springboard to run for Congress uh, in ni- in 1980 and uh, the rest is history 82 excuse me And the rest is history
0: and moving to today, and moving to really thinking about the uh, you know these Senate battles, and and you think about Kentucky and Georgia and North Carolina and Louisiana and 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 Missouri. I mean, the list goes on. The Senate Majority Pack. How important is that to him? How much power influence do you think that that has? Is it is it an attempt just on his part to kind of try to balance um, the Americans for prosperity? I mean, or does he know he's not going to be raising uh, AFP kind of money?
1: Well, I think the last thing you said is is, is, is the right answer. He he, he, he is go- he's going to be a guy who's not going to unilaterally disarm in the face of all of the money going into Americans for Prosperity and everything that his friends the Koch brothers are doing. So uh, the Senate Majority Pack, uh, despite all rules of coordination, et cetera, the Senate Majority Pack is Harry Reid. It is run by aides to Harry Reid or former aides uh, to Harry Reid. And uh, they, they are doing uh, everything they can to to keep the Senate for uh, Harry Reid. And so, yes, it, it, is, it is his answer, although it will not be able to match uh, what Americans pro- for Prosperity are doing. But they will be able to, if not level the playing field, at least make some of those races that otherwise might not have been winnable uh, in the ballpark.
0: And obviously the other kingmaker in Nevada, Sheldon Adelson. What's Harry Reid's relationship with him?
1: Well, that's a fascinating story, too, and a classic story of small-state politics. Sheldon Adelson and Harry Reid have had a back-channel relationship uh, for many years. They like each other, mostly, I think, because they're both very blunt-speaking guys, uh, and and, and, uh, Sheldon Adelson uh, also doesn't have a self-editing mechanism, and I think he talks very frankly to Harry Reid, and I think Harry Reid, who is just a master at holding his enemies close, probably uh, patronizes Sheldon Adelson a little bit on some of these phone calls. He is now publicly, essentially, uh, Embrace Sheldon Adelson and tried to d- distinguish why Sheldon Adelson is different from the Koch brothers, which, you know, a plain reading of that is just utterly ridiculous. But Harry Reid, uh, if he has nothing else, he has hutzpah. But he realizes that, he, you know, keeping Sheldon Adelson close uh, is good for him politically. And so he does that.
0: And In fact, keeping keeping other politicians or other influencers close, that's a great segue uh, to Governor Brian Sandoval. That's kind of exactly, I think, if I read it correctly, what Reid tried to do with Sandoval back about 10 years ago when he recommended to President George W. Bush – that Sandoval get nominated for the federal bench that worked now Sandoval's governor and and he may be maybe running against him in 2016 tell me about the relationship with the governor Brian Sandoval and and you know the governor's race this fall which i take it is not going to be much of a race at all and and do you expect is, is there a battle royale shaping up in 2016 for that senate seat
1: well let me let me start at the beginning where you where where you did when when Harry Reid uh nominated in and and Brian, Brian Sandoval for a federal judicial spot, and and this was just as Sandoval was showing that he was a real rising star in Nevada politics, and it was widely seen as a move by Reid to take him out of the political game forever. After all, federal judgeships are lifetime appointments, and uh, as only could happen in Nevada politics, I I have to believe, Sandoval uh, gets talked off of the bench, and who does he run against for governor? First, the incumbent, uh, who the Republican Party knew was a disaster and would lose, a guy by the name of Jim Gibbons, but who does he face in the general election? a guy named Rory Reed who happens to be the eldest son of Harry Reed the same time that Harry Reed is on the ballot and Harry Reed actually tried to tried to talk his son out of running uh, because it was not he didn't think it would be good to have two reeds on the ballot at the same time Rory Reed ran anyway and got crushed uh, by Sandoval who now after despite what Harry Reed did in 2005 now is seen as the greatest threat to Harry Reid should that race materialize in 2016. So will it materialize? Uh, I guess the short answer to that is I hope so, uh, because I think it will be <laughs> you, great to cover. Yeah, you've got, but- you've
0: got a nightly show to fill.
1: That's right. Exactly right. Exactly right. But uh, as much as I'm salivating over it, I have to tell you, I do not think that race will happen. Uh, I think there's an outside chance that Reed doesn't run for reelection, although I think he will run uh, right now. But even if he, weren't, if he had already decided not to run, he would never show outward signs of that. But I believe he wants to run uh, again and will run. The problem for, 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 for the Republicans is Sandoval just doesn't want to be a U.S. senator. He loves being governor. Uh, he's more interested in getting an appointment to the federal bench. Uh, and what, what a lot of people don't know is that Nevada has never, in the history of the country, had a, a member of, of, of a presidential cabinet. And Sandoval, who's had a career of firsts, uh, might see, you know, if we're a Republican administration, or let's face it, even a potentially a Democratic administration, is looking for a new. Uh, Secretary of the Interior, might they look to a very popular Hispanic governor from the West? So I think all of those things are possibilities, which is why Sandoval has gotten so involved in the lieutenant governor's race to make sure there's a Republican there should he uh, decide to do something in 2016. But I do not think he will run against Reed unless, unless the pressure is so great from national Republicans after this election that he succumbs to it. Because he's going to win with 70% of the vote. He's going to get a huge percentage of the Hispanic vote. He's going to look like a guy on paper who could crush Harry Reid. I just don't think Sandoval wants the job. And more, more to the point, I'm not sure he wants to put himself through a race with Harry Reid.
0: So it it maybe has less to do with the, a deep relationship or long term relationship or even a, a respect between the two, and maybe more in your mind with he just may have his eyes on on other things.
1: I, I think that's true. And, and while I think they do respect each other and they both said nice things about uh, each other, I think Sandoval, because he actually means them and Reid, because he wants to keep Sandoval close, I, I, I don't think that the personal relationship here is, is, is strong at all. It's a political relationship. It's a no permanent friends, no permanent enemies relationship. It's not one uh, based on uh, a real deep personal bond.
0: Okay. So they won't be barbecuing together on, on Memorial Day. Is there, I haven't seen any of this. And so maybe it just doesn't exist. But is there any talk of Sandoval as a potential? Would he be on a list for, for any vice presidential spot or is that not, is he not really thought of that way?
1: uh he actually is and he has been mentioned he's actually on some of the uh polls that you look at uh, as as a dark horse presidential contender uh, uh listen if sandoval uh, were were not a pro-choice republican who embraced obamacare and has had some uh, tax increases to his name i think he'd be in the top tier presidential candidates. I mean, he is the perfect profile. He's got an incredible resume as a former attorney general and federal judge and legislator and now a governor who is essentially getting credit for bringing Nevada out of a recession and you know, a Hispanic who could actually do outreach to a group that the Republicans have just had disastrous results with. I think he would be mentioned everywhere but I think it's going to be tough, especially in a Republican primary, for, for a pro-choice Republican ever to be successful. So I'm not sure if he will make it on the ticket, but he will continue to be mentioned certainly as a vice presidential possibility in 2016.
0: Why did the GOP decide not to hold their 2016 convention in Vegas? Was it simply that the venue was occupied in June? Was it the money? What what, what was it?
1: you had to bring that up. I'm still in mourning. It's only, it's only 24 <laughs> hours after they took away my dream yeah. of having all those candidates on my program. Oh my goodness. Uh, listen, I, I do think that Nevada, uh, if this were simply a business proposition, I, I think Nevada would have won easily. I think Vegas is by far the best place to have a convention. It has all the hotels clustered there. It has the best food and the, the best shopping in the country. Uh, you can talk about the social conservatives. You can talk about the image problem. But the real problem is, is is that we? And this is so ironic, too, isn't it? We're the greatest convention city in the country, maybe the world, and we don't have a proper venue that's available for that for, for the convention. The RNC wants to move it up to June. They want to get their nominee out early. Our convention facilities are all booked up already. Then, and, they, and, and, and there's no great uh, energy behind uh, trying to change that because they make a lot of money from from the actual from actual real real conventions. And the fact is is that you mentioned Sheldon Adelson. Uh, they didn't they didn't have enough uh, commitment of up upfront money that the RNC was demanding, and Adelson was unwilling to put in more than his share. He, could he have put up all that money? Yeah, he could have, but he was unwilling to do
0: it. And, and John, just to close out, I mean, you kind of alluded to your own personal journey earlier in the conversation. I mean, you, you grew up in, in Buffalo. You arrived in Vegas in, in 84. Um, you started as the night police reporter. Um, not a lot of English majors from Cornell start their working careers as night police reporters. You, you couldn't find a nice teaching job at a New England prep school?
1: Yeah, that, that's where I thought I might be going, and I actually thought, it's so funny you mentioned. It. I thought at one time I was an English major at Cornell, I did think about going for a PhD uh, path in, in English, and so I asked a couple of my English professors about that, and they told me, why would you want to do that? So
0: they're telling me uh,
1: not to and I'd always been interested in journalism. Uh, actually, I was a sports writer at, at Cornell. I was the assistant sports editor of the paper there. I thought I was going to become a sports writer. My idol was Red Smith, the legendary columnist of the New York Times. and. Sure. I just, you know, I went to Michigan for graduate school in journalism, and I fell in love with news, and uh, it was an entry-level job open in Vegas, and I said, you know what, I don't know much about Vegas. I've been there once on a trip with some buddies from college, but you know what, I'll go there for a couple of years, cut my teeth there, and, and I'll come back to the East Coast, maybe end up at the New York Times or the Washington Post, and uh, opportunity kept knocking here, and uh, I've never had one regret about not leaving.
0: And and uh, just finally, I, I really want to address a, a rumor that's out there, and you said that you went out to to vegas you know with some college buddies and and it really you know i I just want to get to the bottom of this because i've i've heard it a lot and and i'm hoping that there's no better source than you to uh confirm or deny you 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 good with this i am okay uh so is it true whatever happens in vegas stays in vegas never (laughs) it's not true does it It does it end up on the ralston report
1: It, it, it can end up there, and who knows where it goes from there?
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, the, if you if you then want to watch uh, what should be staying in Vegas. Uh, but doesn't the uh, Ralston Report airs nightly, 630 uh, local time, I think it is, on all three of the state's NBC affiliates. Uh, it's also uh, the name of the website, RalstonReports.com. Uh, there is a premium newsletter, Ralston Flash. And if you uh, need to know, want to know what's going on in politics in Nevada, um, John Ralston is the place to go. John, thank you so much for the time.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm Chris Reback. This is Political Wire Conversations.